You are listening to MAGA Weekly with Brendan Dilley, California, and Magical Trevor. Hi, everybody, and welcome to MAGA Weekly. If you could uh, just give me a second. I'm waiting for my co-host to come on in. If you want to retweet this and share this out, I would greatly appreciate it. Very excited to hang out with you guys this evening here on MAGA Weekly. I forgot to do my promo spaces tweet, so numbers might be down a little bit. Apologies. I've had a crazy busy day. Lots of exciting things happening with the Dilly meme team and in uh, the Dilly show and the Dilly family. So you have to forgive me, but please, everybody, if you're uh, you guys are uh, going to be here with us this evening, please tweet this out, retweet it, share it, reply to it, tag it, all that fun stuff. Uh, I see Miguel California. We got him here. Mike, is your, your microphone working good, bud? Yes. What's up, man? Excellent. All right, dude. I'm so excited to be here, dude. I, uh, man, what a, what a wild week and it's only Wednesday, man. I've got so much going on and so much exciting stuff for America going on and the meme team. And I see magical Trevor. I've just sent him his, uh, co-host invite. Let's see how his mic works. We'll get rocking and rolling. Hopefully you guys haven't had enough of me yet today, Mike. This is like, we're going on our freaking four of Dilly. There we go again. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm I'm handing the microphone off tonight. I'm just it's, this is the magical Trevor McGalifornia Power Hour, which sounds super gay. <laughs> super gay. <laughs> Don't make me cry, dude. I'm getting all emotional. <laughs> all right, everybody. Welcome to MAGA Weekly. I'm your host, author Brendan Dilly. I'm with my co-hosts tonight. Magical Trevor and McGalifornia. Excited to bring you guys another edition of MAGA Weekly. I know it's not our normal night. We normally do these on Tuesdays. But myself and uh, Magical Trevor, we've got sons that play football and they're younger boys, which means they play football earlier in the week. So we're going to start doing MAGA Weekly uh, on Thursday nights is what our goal is. It'll always be 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Thursdays is what we're going to try to do. Obviously, um, you know, as the campaign ramps up as the year proceeds we will keep doing this as long as we can but god willing there will be a day if you guys uh, if there's ever a day that we can't host maga weekly it means that we are busy saving the planet along with the united states of america so pray that we can't do maga weekly in the future because there might be a day when it that that does happen and then we'll return to it after we're done saving the country but uh my host tonight, Magical Trevor and California. Magical Trevor, how are you doing this week, bud? I'm so damn busy. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like so much crap going on. Running around like a chicken with your head cut off, isn't it? Uh, the thing is, maybe we should delineate between busy and productive. I don't know, Trev, if I've ever been this productive in my entire life. Uh, I've never had this much going on in multiple aspects of life. And certainly the political stuff is all consuming along with business stuff. Is that kind of what you're going through right now, man? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really productive. It's like, I'm spending more time kind of like I have to refocus. Okay. I got to do this. I got to do this. Got to do this. I'm doing a lot more of that than I usually do, but yeah, it's like it's crazy productive. Excellent, man. That's uh, we're a well-oiled machine and Miguel is in the house. And you guys know, we, we all know how productive Miguel has been. Uh, he is the the destroyer of meatballs and the uh, the songbird of his generation. Miguel, for you, how you doing this week, man? Uh, thanks, man. Being a pillar at all, um, you know, <laughs> I, I, that's inside joke. But you know, it's uh, it's meatball gives you stuff, dude. How how, how stupid they're going to do a forty minute uh, phone interview with him just sitting there gazing into the sky for a minute while the reporter asks a question. You don't think I'm going to use that? I got like nine more ready. It's just, he makes it easy. Thank you, Meatball. Yeah, his his communications team uh, is uh, run by a absolute floozy by the name of Aaron Perrine. and uh, it's pretty obvious she's just fucking mailing it in at this point. I mean, that she she really is marching him out to the wolves uh, day in and day out. They don't work. They don't even think twice about how he's being presented. Um, they essentially kind of pimp him out Jebba Ellis style where he's just constantly taking on whatever he can get. Uh, 
they don't think about how they're sh- filming him. They don't think about how the questions are coming in. It is incredible. Day in and day out, honestly, you watch him get just destroyed because they put him in a situation where he he can't win. He looks stupid right out the gate. The framing of questions, uh, the, the presentation of him. Like you said, Mike, it was stunning that they tried to do this phone interview thing where he's just staring into the camera blankly for extended periods of time. And then and then there's the question that comes, and then he tries to answer. And honestly, as bad as he is, his communications team is not doing him any favors at all. They're not masking or covering up or accentuating his strengths or, or presenting him in a way that, that he could at least be competitive. Because at this point, guys, Rick DeSantis is down to, you know, in some national polls, eight points. He's getting his ass kicked by a, a guy who's, you know, Chris Christie, who spent a, like a fraction of what he has. And then he's getting destroyed by a guy that nobody knew existed before January in Ramaswamy. Uh, Trev, obviously, I just did my interview with, with Roger Stone. He kind of asked me what I thought about where DeSantis is at. But when you see the the polling coming in the way it is right now, and you're Again, we're just still getting the fallout from the indictment in August 1st. This isn't even the Georgia indictment yet. Is there a day where we're going to see DeSantis actually fall to six, five, six percent nationally? I mean, could you I mean, I, I, this is just one poll or two polls so far. But do you think if he stays in this race, he could actually end up permanently in single digits? Dead man walking. Yeah, I mean, completely. And that's. That, that honestly, I'm, I'm honestly surprised they haven't subbed anybody in yet already, because I would have thought if they hoped for this guy to have any kind of a political career after this, that they would have pulled him before he got into the single digits. But doesn't look like they're going to do that. And uh, yeah, so I think we'll see him. I, I think we'll see him get down to uh, Mike Pence numbers here soon. Can you imagine? I mean, just. What a, what an absolutely abysmal campaign. And God, has it been so much fun destroying him. Miguel California, same question to you, bro. I mean, obviously, I know you stay focused on your craft, your creation, and you're, you're watching at a level that, honestly, probably most of us don't. You know, most of us are catching recaps because he's so insufferable. You're actually sitting through a lot of these presentations, and I obviously, you know, we understand where you stand on him politically, but... Are you are you surprised, kind of like how Trevor was just stating, are you surprised that that his team has not figured out how to package or present him to the public and they keep essentially marching him out there into the <laughs> into these horrendous situations? No, it's the failure feedback loop. It's like they don't course correct like you talked about five months ago. And we are literally coaching them, right? And I literally tweeted and tagged everybody in Team DeSantis said, this is my fucking Super Bowl, the Iowa State Fair with open mics. And this is a big day. So watch the handler, watch the open mics, keep up. I literally said that to freaking Brian and Max and Matt Walker. I literally told them that, dude. And then what happens? Aaron gets drunk and a lover spat with Jeff Rowe. She don't even show up. And the whole team assumes that my... Uh, crowd noise is real and it just goes viral 1.1.9 million in 24 hours and i warned them so it's either sabotage or they're just the absolute worst and what you said with the roger stone thing it's they're making jeb bush jeb bush is like laughing going ha, ha, ha. jeb looked professional by comparison mike i mean well, they did Jeb. have six hundred million. I didn't know that. I was like, "Well, oh, I didn't man. know that either, bro. I didn't know he blew six hundred million either." I was like, when Roger said that on the interview tonight, I was like, "Holy shit, six hundred million!" And Jeb didn't even come in like fucking third, right? He like dropped out before Super Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty remarkable how bad the candidate. It, it's just he's a bad candidate, and he doesn't have any leadership around him. And look. You guys, this is really where we're at in America. You need leaders. This country has a leadership vacuum that is so brutal right now that anybody who even appears to be mildly competent with the ability to to, to guide 
is being elevated right now. And, and it's because the public recognizes we got a problem here. Like the people that we have put in charge of sol- solving problems are really inept. I would be, and I'm not trying to be fear mongering, but for a guy like magical Trevor and Trevor, I'm going to go to you on this question. Given, forget the first four years of governor and even forget the last seven, eight months of, as governor DeSantis. When you watch this guy, this man as a candidate and his staff around him struggle to hit the broadside of a 12 pound pussy, do you feel like you're dealing with somebody that you go, my God, if we have a hurricane, we're all totally fucked. Cause like this guy doesn't know how to stop hemorrhaging with hundreds of millions of dollars at his disposal. I can't imagine having him and his idiot, idiotic staff in charge of an actual real, holy fuck, like emergency. Trev? Did, yeah, sorry, my phone all of a sudden just like decided I th- to. I thought my analogy scared you off. I, it's, I know no, that was no, no. graphic. No, I have a real good like uh, response to that actually. It, it, like in a in a in a norm with like a normal presidential run with somebody that actually has like some talent and some strategy. I mean, everybody in Florida should feel perfectly safe right now because he, you know, you would think somebody that's running for president would be damn sure that his state's taken care of, like he would go out of his way to do it. Like if we get hit with a hurricane, like, I mean, he should be throwing money at people because that's, that's, look, I take care of my state. I'm going to take care of the country. You think you do that, but we've seen from past examples. That's not how this guy operates. He doesn't give a fuck about Florida. He just cares about, you know, Iowa or wherever the focus is at that particular time. So yeah, we're all scared shitless down here. Cause it's not, I mean, with the combination of the insurance situation that's going on, the fact that this is supposed to be, I mean, they say it every year, but it's supposed to be a really active storm year. And the fact that this guy is, you know, uh, completely missing most of the time. uh, And given his his track record, people aren't very confident at all. So, yeah, it's a little frightening. Well, what's unnerving, Trev, and again, I'm not attempting to scare the shit out of you, but if DeSantis fails during a major storm during the season your backup is joe biden so right so really your backup is essentially those of us that live near you and can come down there and bail you guys out because the government you've got totally unqualified people running things and and this is and i know i'm making light of something that's fairly serious but it is real Mike, I want to go back to you. DeSantis doesn't know how to course correct. It's becoming a, becoming abundantly clear. He doesn't know how to staff, and he's clearly not managing. I mean, I, I don't know. I understand he got elected because Donald Trump saved his ass, and I understand that he had a pretty good communications team the first few years that were able to craft the narrative around who they wanted you to think he was, but when you look at the talent pool that he actually has when, when his entire career was on the line and his credibility was on the line, when you look at the individuals he has hired, that would scare the shit out of anybody who's looking at this person and saying they're going to hire, they're going to be running the entire show, whether it's for, you know, in this case, the state of Florida or as the president of the United States, Mike, that failure feedback loop, we've talked about it. Are you, do you look and and start, you mentioned sabotage and I don't, I think I don't want to let him off the hook with that explanation, but it is astonishing to make that many bad hires in a row and watch them all make the exact same mistakes. Do you you think that's a legitimate chance he's being sabotaged or is this really just an arrogant Ivy League cocksucker who's ill-equipped to manage people? Well, I, I, Roger Stone, I'm going to go back to it again. He has a political story for everything. Kennedy won that election because they were just, the, the, the TV debates was a new thing. And he was sweat. Nixon was sweating like a pig, dude. And people were like, ick, 
right? Like Nixon should have won that, but Kennedy won. So Roger said in 68, he had Roger Ailes, like the founder of Fox. Like they packaged Nixon because as brilliant as he was, he was not a people person, right? He was awkward. So this was 1968, bro. Now we're 2023 and you know the guy's on the spectrum or he's weird as fuck or he's a slob and you don't prepare for this? That's point one. Number two is Donald Trump is a businessman. He's a multitasker. He's building a skyscraper. Oh, we need these windows. Oh, we need the, oh, we got to go talk to the con, the, the, the concrete, the unions. We got to do that. He multitasks because he's a businessman. Um, DeSantis knows nothing, right? He knows nothing. And he surrounded himself with a bunch of yes men. And it's evident because like I said before, we tried to help him. We're like, well, we didn't try to help, but we're like, dude, you're a fucking loser. And what does he do? He's like, oh, I am. I better go hire Jeff Rowe. And we're like, wait, wait. when he hired him in February, we're like, is that how you freaking stop the bleeding? And then we're like, oh, this is going to be fun, right? Because now it's Cruise Crew 2.0 resurrected. And we had so much fun blistering Lion Ted. This is so much easier. But his followers are the same people and they're going insane. And I love it. And it's funny because I go, oh, Ron DeSantis, I go, Oh, our, our, that's funny. You'd think 2024 is over. Me and my friends are working on 2028, right? Oh, and that just triggers the fuck out of them. So whatever. <laughs> it's a good point. You know what's weird too is the narratives and a lot of the opinions we've held and a lot of things I've said on the show and, and memes that you guys have, have made. You know, these are opinions now that are starting to get parroted eight months after the fact by prominent social media people that are, pretending to have really unique takes and, and it's adorable to watch people essentially copying takes that you've had seven months later, because honestly, most of these people play it really, really safe. They're not risk takers. And because when you don't take risk, you don't get to be bold. And when you're not bold, you don't get to be original. You're always chasing, always chasing after the next latest, greatest thing. And then, people eventually figure that out. And that's a lot of what you're seeing right now with the DeSantis narrative. To me, I looked at him as a candidate back in December after we did our deep dive and we figured out, you know, where, what his weaknesses were, what he was really actually about economically, um, where his funding was coming from, what his foreign policy might look like. Once we did a deep dive and then we dug into really, and this is, this is before any of the contacts and look, do we have sources now? Of course. But back in December and January, when I was doing my initial assessment of DeSantis from Florida, that's just me watching him. I watched him. I listened to him. I listened to the words he uses. I listened to his cadence. I listened to his vernacular. I watched his mannerisms. And I deduced that he was fucking weird, probably on the spectrum, um, was being absolutely dominated by his wife, that he was probably being dominated by the female uh the women on his staff. This was not a political assessment. I did essentially a, an observational psych assessment based on his mannerisms, his language, his, uh, you know, the way he conducted himself. And it became very clear to me in December, January, when I articulated everything that I was seeing to the, to the meme team, this guy can't be the president ever. He's not going to make it out of any primary in any year because he doesn't, he's not equipped for this. And somebody, and then it became obvious that he was being pushed heavily and being gassed up heavily by people who really don't understand, um, I think, probably human behavior and more importantly, American behavior or optics. And this, to say this has been easy um, is an understatement. This, this, destroying this guy has been a cakewalk. This is like, this is like Republican Joe Biden. It's, he's not a good candidate. He doesn't appear to be a very good person. And when you combine those two things in 2023 with modern technologies and an incredible uh, talent pool around you that can, can take an assessment and turn it into a visual description, it's been quite easy. This is not a tough candidate to, uh, to decimate and, and uh, really didn't, didn't pose a threat as far as my, in my opinion. I, I really didn't think he was a threat at any point. Um, by February, when it became evident and obvious that his team didn't know how to course correct, and that as the numbers started hemorrhaging, 
he became more panicked. And as Mike just mentioned, he hires Jeff Rowe, a notorious scumbag who is a perennial loser, not an impressive human being, very old school bullshit tricks that worked in older elections, but not somebody with a track record of winning national elections. Just just kind of a, a shit human being that talks a good game, but really isn't that fucking bright. And you hire a Jeff Rowe and you turn over the keys to the kingdom and you flood in a bunch of money and you tempt a bunch of uh, tech people to back you. And at the end of the day, you you are what you are. And what he is, is an awkward, uh, weak man. And everyone knows it now. So I I think sometimes we look and go, oh, this has been miraculous. But it really, the the miraculous aspect of it has been the really the team aspect. And it's the part that maybe most people haven't got to see, which is what we do watching Team Trump work. Um, the fact that Team Trump is seeing the movie the same way we're seeing the movie. You know, you don't know if people are seeing the, the movie the same as you. And it turns out that they are. They're seeing it the same way. We, ha- we found it. And what, what's been really miraculous about this experience is we found a very organic symmetry between the meme team and the official campaign, which is where we're not talking to one another most of the time. And they'll look at a video and we'll look at a video and without speaking, we're seeing the same movie. And then what we're doing is we're taking that movie, clipping it, and the American public is seeing the same movie. And that's when you really know you're in your river. That's where you recognize that you are you're definitely um, you're you're seeing you're in you're essentially in lockstep with the American public. And I think that's uh, that's where we probably are having our most success, but also where, where it's probably the most um, serendipitous, if you will. Magical Trevor, what are your thoughts on that, man? Cause I know obviously you guys within the meme team, very, you, you, you don't miss anything. And you've been a part of a lot of different kind of coalitions of people and movements. You ever see anything like this, man? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right in the sense that it's, you know, we're doing a lot of the same things we did, you know, early on, or, or, you know, with Hillary and things like that it, with, you know, in 2016 or 2015 and stuff. Um, but like last time, they didn't expect it to come from the quote unquote same side. I mean, you've got these Republicans that have been operating under this whole, we don't insult each other, unity in the party and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, fuck you. You guys are pushing candidates on us that suck and we're tired of it. Um, you know, and so that... Uh, we, we basically, you know, we're done with that. We're done going along with, you know, you know, conservative ink. And, and so the, you know, we're, we're striking back on this side and they they don't, they don't know what to do with it. It's, it, you know, like Dan Bongino went on a rant about like, you know, like being attacked from our side, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, stop doing stupid shit. You know, I mean, there's nothing to attack if you've got a solid case and there's, and and that's why it's so easy for us to attack because the case is not solid. Um, you know, attacking the left is is, is easy because I mean nobody's going to go along with that, and the people that do are, are retarded anyway. And, you know, there's not much help for them. But you know, on that same token, there's still a fair number of people that are just misinformed. But that number this time is even smaller than you know back in 2015. So it's a matter of pulling the rest of the the conservative people out of this mindset of we have to go along to get along kind of thing and and pushing them towards this no we need to fight for our country pull our culture back and and tell these people to fuck off and we need to get things on you know on track back on track because they got you know trump got derailed and so yeah yeah i mean it's it's a it's a strategy that's that's played out well i think a lot of it you know is just because of the 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 way the targets present themselves and the fact that we we called this early on is why we've been so effective and in i mean everybody already knows kind of what what the deal is with the left so when we pivot you know here when this primary garbage is over and we go after biden it's going to be like automatic autopilot for us because you know i don't think it's going to be nearly as hard to to push up against Biden and the left and all this other stuff when it comes time for the general because you know we've really sharpened our our claws on on the the, the uh, primary. That's a really great point, Trev. You know, it's um 
That's a really good point. I, I think hey, it also. Brent, Brendan, hold on. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Uh, Roger Stone is trending number two in America. Are you serious, bro? No, I'm not. It's not for you. It's trending. It's like the number two trend. So I'm well, getting a lot of hate. I'm getting a lot of hate on that clip that I put on the thing. <laughs> Roger Stone should be behind bars. I'm like, oh boy, chick. So anyway, oh, but Dilly, before you move on, I want yes, to say please. that I want to say that the more Team DeSantis gets their talking points and presses in, the stupider they look. And Reynolds, I delivered the receipts. I mean, Kim Reynolds, the governor of Iowa, she loved promises made, promises kept. You're the best thing that's ever happened to Iowa. And then she takes the money and then flips. And so just like Kaylee McEnany, oh, you're going to lose the woman vote. Oh, she's the most popular governor. Well, DeSantis was the most popular governor, too, until he became a total asshole. And so Team DeSantis is literally telling us how Brian Kemp is a great conservative and he's wonderful. And uh, it's like the harder we push, the more they show their ass, right? Like he's he's a real conservative. I mean, that's a conservative. I want no fucking part of it. Zero. So you're absolutely right, on. Mike. Well, Mike, you're absolutely right. Well, look, and, and this is what I, I learned from President Trump back in 2016. And I watched I watched how he had victories and because of everything he had internally and what he was going up against. Speed kills. People who move quickly and make decisive decisions and decisive actions get things done before their adversary can make a, a counterpoint or, or stop him. Part of the reason, I think, for the, the, you know, one of the most beneficial aspects of COVID for, from you know, people who opposed Trump was it forced him, it held him hostage and slowed him down. His pace in 2019 was like nothing anybody in this country has ever seen. So when you take that and you go, okay, we want to brand and market and either promote and or attack people opposing this idea or promoting this person, we look at that and you say, okay, how do you cause mistakes? How do you force errors from the other side with speed? Speed kills. And part of what happened, even with Team Meatball, DeSantis was so desperate to try and have an, a, a response to the onslaught of nonstop, critical, satirical, funny, true, inspiring sometimes for Trump um, messaging that was coming out of not just the meme team, but we were weaponizing Agenda 47 videos from Trump. We were taking legitimate campaign um, you know, footage and, and clips of President Trump using those and utilizing those in our messaging campaign, allowing it to go super viral. And Team DeSantis is going, we've got to put something out. We've got to start having a fight. We've got to fight back with these guys. And the one meme they get out that, that gets traction for the, all the wrong reasons is a, is a meme that ends up showing DeSantis with a you know Nazi symbolism behind him. And it gets, it not only does it make it past the campaign it makes it past all you know checks and balances and onto the internet and goes viral to the point that they have to actually come out denounce it remove it you know and then fire the guy that created it while pretending he didn't create it i mean but that all is caused by speed and if you think about in life when somebody can make moves uh at a pace the way that you know that, that currently we're all working together and i'm talking all of us maga as a whole, the Trump campaign, the nuanced um, education of the active digital person is, is one of the most incredible things I've seen. It doesn't take more than a, tw a couple of tweets or a couple of lines of a tweet before even on X or Twitter before you guys recognize the objective of the tweet or the reply. And that's part of what also has happened. Ratioing the shit out of these people with bad ideas and bad opinions and it's like an art form. And then it becomes a, a, a cultural beatdown from people that are like, nah, man, we're done with this bullshit. We're going to get back to being honest and authentic and, and funny and irreverent and aggressive. And I think that's where a lot of the Democrats, I'm going to give them the credit. They do this. If you go over to the liberal Twitter side, especially if you're dealing with uh, minorities on social media and Twitter, they're already aggressive as shit. 
They've already, they've got the clapbacks ready to go. They're going to argue with you till they're blue in the face. Doesn't mean they're going to be right, but they're all ready to go. But Republicans have no fucking idea how to deal with non-establishment Republicans kicking them in, in the dick. They well, really do. Don't. It's the failure feedback loop again, because in January, you said, I'm going to meme you into oblivion and Newsweek mocked you. And then we did. And then two months in, uh, they didn't course correct. They weren't like, oh my God, we need to spend a billion dollars on to take on these guys. No, they're like the people that are like, cars are never going to work and they're hugging their horse and buggy, right? They're hogging it. Because like Steve Deese yesterday, he did a whole show on how memes don't work or ineffective, right? I watched it, but he's such a dick. I didn't even, it's not even worth it. It's like punching down at this point. But it's this old paradigm of the old GOP guard. Brian Kemp's a great man, right? Oh, uh, uh, so's Governor Ann Reynolds. It's like they're living in another world and we're just here shitting on every part of their conservatism, every part of it. Because you know what? I'm not a conservative. I'm a fucking American. And that's where we're at, dude. And you know that. And you keep saying that. Yeah. yeah you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Go ahead, Trev. Yeah, I mean, not to mention, like, most of them have the opinion that unless you have a show on The Blaze or The Daily Wire or whatever the hell the flavor of the week is that, you know, in, uh, you know, conservative broadcasting, that your your opinions are invalid. And so... They they constantly. I mean, you talk about punching down, but that's that's all these guys do is punch down. Uh, you know, we had out had speaking of Steve Dees, I mean, he dedicated an entire show being butt hurt over a like a thirty second meme that Lauren threw together as an afterthought, <laughs> dropped it on his page, and the dude has a fucking melty for a solid hour and a half on his show. Uh, you know, so yeah, memes aren't effective. I beg to differ. He got beat up by a girl on the internet. He totally did. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, and that's just a lot of this, you know, what it really boils down to also, you guys, you know, are we, we're using our, our talents and our gifts. Of, we've come together. We've created a team that does a lot of different things. But at the, at the foundational level, we genuinely, sincerely believe in what we're doing because we believe in the message. We believe in the message of God and country, and family, and loyalty. And these are tenets that Donald Trump, flawed or not, has espoused since the day he came down the escalator. You can dislike him, but he's never, he's done more for the pro-life movement than anybody, probably in American history. Then you pair that with his absolute discipline in foreign policy, not risking U.S. soldiers or even foreign people, you know, who are innocent getting killed so he's, he's been extremely, uh, I think when he was president, he was extremely, extremely um, disciplined in how he utilized the U.S. military because he values life, like genuinely, doesn't just talk about it, but actually, th- I mean, I remember when they, they were flying that mission, they were going to kill one of these terrorists, and the terrorist was hiding in a town, and they told President Trump, well, we're going to kill about three to six of our primary targets, and he said, well, how many civilian casualties um, could we potentially be facing? And they told him probably about 100, 120 in this village. And he called off the attack. He said, that, that doesn't work for me. I, it's not worth it. Now, you, you juxtapose that with Barack Hussein Obama, who still holds the record for most blown to smithereens civilians in like global history, who is bombing the shit out of every village all across the Middle East and Africa, his entire presidency. And he was able to do so because the media ran cover on it and essentially didn't talk about Barack Hussein Obama's drone strikes on random indigenous peoples of random ass little, you know, fucking straw huts in the middle of nowhere. These were not threats to the American public. These weren't even genuine targets. He was just essentially trying out technologies that they hadn't perfected yet on people that couldn't, you know, essentially do shit about it. And President Trump, as I just mentioned, total discipline. I don't want to lose a single life. I don't want to kill anybody. I'm not here to hurt people. I'm here to find a way to make America very strong while also finding a way to inspire people around the globe to do the same thing in their own nations. That is a universally popular message. And so part of what happens, and, and this is something that I always come back to, we can do what we can do because we genuinely have the best product 
in the world as president. It's Donald Trump. There's no one. You're not going to show me a better leader right now anywhere in the world. Somebody who's actually talking the talk and walking the walk and has been taking those fucking all of those arrows since 2015 and growing into not just he came he came into the job strong he got better as it went and he's right now better than he's ever been he is more polished more wise more strategic than i've ever seen him and when you see that and you get to you get to be close to that i i am i feel confident saying this for on behalf of the meme team it really makes it easy to create it makes it easy to promote him it makes it easy to market him it makes it easy to meme him because it's not bullshit. There's no, this isn't some fucking weird cult where it's like, well, he's got an R in front of his name, so we need to promote him. And it's not something where, you know, where you get paid, oh, we're going to pay you, and then you have to pretend to love the guy. This is something where normal Americans are coming together 24 hours a day, seven days a week to put together entire productions that essentially fill your week. And they're doing it out of love of country and because they genuinely believe in the human being that they're promoting. And and uh, I think that's a really unique combination. This is a very God moment, I think, in our country. I think it's one of those things where if you step back from the the uh, you know the television or the radio and all the negativity and essentially a lot of the social media people, that's a fear. You know, a lot of these guys they parrot the fear tactics of television because it draws in eyeballs. You know, and and if you step back from a lot of that noise. Donald Trump is kicking the shit out of Joe Biden, and we have a year still to go, over a year. We, we don't want to win by three. We don't want to win by five. We want to boat race this motherfucker so that by the time election fraud can even be discussed, he's down 30 million fucking votes. That's the real goal here. The goal is to save America, save the culture, and restore our republic. And the only way you can do that is with an absolutely jaw-dropping resounding victory in november of 2024 and i believe that we are at the we're we're in that process right now you're at the foundational level of something very special and uh you know i feel very honored to, to be able to do this with all of you guys and and to participate and and uh you know and hang out with you and, and hear your thoughts and your feedback and hear how it's impacting you and hearing your ideas and certainly observing my meme team you know these these wonderful people grow as creators and artists has been uh, you know, something to behold, but Mike, you know, I know you, you do a Bible study every uh, six days a week. And, you know, we've talked about this on a spiritual level. Obviously I've got a lot of miracles happening in my life right now. For those that are unaware of um, I'm, my son is, is moving out here on August 29th about his plane ticket. Uh, I just went through, uh, you know, we were, we were basically deadlocked and looking at, you know, trial for custody. And we ended up, you know, his mom had a change of heart and we had a really nice conversation and we've, agreed to co-parent and she's sending my son out here. Uh, so, you know, in, in my own life, I'm getting to experience, you know, God reaching into it and, and, and essentially blessing it. But Mike, I want to, I want to hear from you, your thoughts on this from a spiritual perspective, man. Cause it's, to me, it seems so obvious now when I, when I observe and I, I get, I watch the, the uh, just the sort of serendipitous experiences that we're all having right now, whether it's meeting people or people we used to know, uh, coming in into our lives, back into our lives during this time. Well, we're in the book of Matthew. Jesus had 12 disciples. They were all deplorables. One was a tax collector who they hated because he was collecting. It was like Ukraine, dude. They Mac, Matthew was collecting money from Israel and giving it to the occupying Roman Empire. So he was collecting money, overcharging his people and sending it to, to Caesar. Yeah, it's nice. So they hated him. They hated uh, Peter, the fisherman, right? He cussed a lot. He, all the deplorables. That's who Jesus was saying. Jesus didn't call all the religious people and said, hey, man, let's go over here. So the fact that the, the conservatives, so they call themselves, continue to say, well, Donald Trump did this and Donald Trump did this. They're not allowing for a story of redemption, right? The guy that wrote half the New Testament was a murderer. Paul killed Christians. He executed them. They're, they don't allow, oh, Trump can't change, right? They don't allow that in their little religious world. So I laugh because as we're going through Matthew every day, every day it's pointing back to the religious. Jesus was trolling these guys because he'd say stuff just to trigger them, right? And it's just great. So the spiritual perspective, oh, Donald Trump is this and this. I 
revel in that. Um, you call me, oh, Donald Trump's my Jesus. No, he's not. But as someone that reads the Bible, I'm like, I can see a lot of parallels. When Egypt, man, Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers. Who took him in? Pharaoh, the ungodly Israel king, right? He wasn't of Israel. He blessed Israel. So it's like, there's so many parallels to what's happening now. But the religious people have lost complete control. The Jebba Ellisons, the Steve Deeses. You have to think like this in this little box. And Dilly can't cuss, right? And Michael can't smoke cigars. And he, you're not a, a you're not a servant of God if you're making. How can you be mean to Casey DeSantis because she's a, she's a mother? It's like all your bullshit arguments are bullshit. And I'm teaching a Bible study because the church failed. You got a dickhead like me, six days a week reading the Bible. Bible, dude. I have people in front with the high school. They're like, what? That guy? Right. It's exactly like Trump. He's president. He's not presidential. Well, fuck you. Right. That's all I got. That was brilliantly said. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Trev, uh, what do you, how are you feeling, man? How do you, how do you feel like in, in your, your own life and with what you're experiencing right now, obviously as a man of faith, are are you seeing this this sort of world around you just come up in sort of I, I'm in awe of it every day, man. I think I think the entire meme team, obviously, anybody who's blessed to ha- be privy to our conversations, I, we wake up every morning going, "What's the crazy awesome thing that's going to happen today?" Every single fucking day. I didn't know I was going to be on Roger Stone today when I woke up. I didn't know, and he he DM'd me and said, "Text me," and I texted him, and he was like, "You're coming on," and I'm like, "Great," and that was that. And I mean. Every single day, these kinds of things are happening. Trev, share me your share your experience and thoughts on this, man. Yeah, I mean, like every time I have to kind of drift away from it a little bit, I keep getting pulled back in, man. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I the, I mean, like people don't know, I I started a a new job and it takes a little, you know some of the time away from that I could do memes and things like that. I've had to put meme TV kind of on hiatus because there's just so much stuff going on right now, um, and you know, but. <laughs> It's like I'm two weeks into this and then, oh, here's this opportunity and here's this opportunity. It's just like, come back in, come back in. So it's just like, okay, yeah, we're clearly on a track here and uh, there's 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 no getting off of it at this point. So, um, but it's exciting. I mean, it's, 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 it's cool stuff and I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing where it leads, but it's definitely a, a new experience trying to, trying to navigate this way. <laughs> Amen. Well, and, I, and I'll share a little story because I think uh, I was talking to Lauren, who I see is in the chat right now, Lauren Eve. And, you know, I remember when I wrote my book, you guys, I, um, I was 30 years old when I wrote my book. And I was technically I was 30 and a half when I started writing it. OK, I wrote it in about three and a half months, four months. And prior to beginning the process of writing that book. I woke up every morning and I was always been a positive person, but I had a lot of like just issues that I dealt with. But the biggest issue I dealt with was I, I woke up like having an uncertainty about who I was. I would wake up and I wasn't really sure, you know, I had a good job. I was working in real estate development and commercial real estate. And, you know, we were doing a lot of really exciting projects, but I didn't really know who I was. And I, and I would live that way. And I liked my job. And there was highs with it. With any job, you get successes and you go, oh, this felt good. But then there were days that you know, extended periods of time, you just don't give a fuck where you're just like, okay, I'm just going through the motions or, you know, you're working hard, but you really aren't maybe that vested. And I'll never forget when I wrote my book and I began writing it because I wrote it Monday through Friday. You guys probably figured out that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sort of a routine guy. So what I did was I wrote my book. Um, I would write at 8 a.m. every morning. So the first thing I would do I would drink my energy drink or my coffee. I would go to my job and my job, I was supposed to be there by nine. I would get there around seven 30 to, to 8 AM somewhere in there. And the idea was I had been backburnering my dreams, my pretty much my, most of my adult life, you know, 12 years or whatever it was. And what I mean by that is, and this is the way most of you guys operate. You work your job and you put all your, your life force into that. Then you come home and whatever's left over you use for your dream. And that's because you're doing it incorrectly. It's the wrong way to go about it. Because if you spend all your time being responsible 
and delaying your dreams and using your most, your highest amount of energy on other people's shit, you'll never actually have something to call your own or your own situation. And so what I started to do is I would show up at 745 and I would write from 745 until 9am when the office opened. And I had this hour and 15 minutes of, of quiet every day. And in that hour and 15 minutes, every single day, I was writing between two and 3000 words. And I did it Monday through Friday. I was committed to this and I would, you know, it, it became very easy. It was almost like an, it was like working out like a muscle. And I would take my weekends off. And by Sunday night, I was chomping at the bit to get back at it. And what I discovered was by the time I published my book, I realized that every single morning I knew who I was. I would wake up and I knew exactly what I had to do that day to start trying to be successful. I knew exactly what I had to do. I knew where I had to go. I knew what projects I had to work on to make my dream come true and make, make this, you know, manifest this reality. And I was talking with Lauren Eve and I'm like, how good does it feel to wake up every morning and know exactly who the fuck you are? Because I lived 30 years plus not knowing who the hell I was. And once I got a hold of that, I never wanted to let go of it because it is the most absolutely like it, it is the most purposeful, incredible feeling I've ever had the ability to wake up and it didn't matter about the money or it didn't matter about struggle None of that shit mattered. The only thing that mattered was I'm like, all of that is temporary. I know who I am finally. And, and at 30 years old, I can start building on that foundation of knowing who I am. And I think, uh, you know, I can't speak for everybody else in, on my team, but I know a lot of the memers have discovered they know who they are. And it's not, they're bigger than their jobs. They're bigger than just being husbands or wives or moms or dads or grandparents. It's something much larger and it's, and it's, a, it's a purpose or a calling that I think that once you experience that, you, you, you can't turn away from it. It's literally, it's, it's one of the most addictive experiences I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, Mike, can you relate? Yeah, 100%, man. You nailed it, bro. It's just, we just never stop and it's fun and we're having joy. You can see it, dude. Nobody's happy in team DeSantis. Trump sucks and, and you're a dick, right? It went from, DeSantis is way better. Trump can't be elected to now. Uh, Mike Lindell's on crack and all this anger. Nobody wants to be a part of that. The reason we're effective too is because we're brilliant. Thank you. But we're funny, dude. It's fun. Are you having fun, Brendan? It's a lot of work, but I'm having a blast. Well, the only way you can work 17, 18 hour days is if you're absolutely addicted and loving what you're doing. This doesn't feel like work. This is just what's my next play appointment essentially where I'm at right now. And I'm negotiating massive deals, bigger deals than I've ever done before. I'm, I'm talking to some of the most influential people in America today, privately, they're seeking counsel on things. They're asking advice. They're giving me, you know, telling me about my team, how incredible they are, what big fans are. And none of it feels bigger than it should. It just feels like, well, yeah, we're, we're the coolest and most fun people in America right now. We're the people who are doing what we were taught to do and really what we picked up from the guy that we're, we're that's leading us, which is Donald Trump, which is he's, he's bouncy, he's buoyant, new ideas, innovative, fearless, smiling all the time, smiling in the face of adversity, trolling when they think they've got you locked up. Oh, you're screwed now, buddy. Okay, yeah. Is that right? Watch this. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go DJ a party after you arrest me, after you fingerprint me. I'm going to go. I'm going to wash my hands in my golden sink and then I'm going to head back to my club and I'm going to DJ for my friends at 77 years young. I mean, that's dude. I don't know that you get more joyful and powerful than that. Trev thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's definitely like, I mean, it's fun doing it every single day. You get to hang out with your friends and do, you know, do important stuff that, you know, seems kind of silly on the surface, but when you realize that the impact that it has, I mean, it, I mean, it just kind of blows your mind. It's like, I, I spending the last few weeks kind of going, what timeline is this? Cause it's like, you know, you see, you know, Dilly up there with Roger Stone, who's this like political strategist and freaking historian and, you know, and then, you know, you, yeah, you see like the messages coming from, people like jason miller and stuff like that to uh, you know retweeting our stuff and you know it's just like 
and and the like the you know mayor giuliani and stuff like that it's just it's crazy it's just like you know who the fuck am i um but you know it it has an impact and you kind of start to realize that impact and that's kind of the 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 important part the important piece is not to lose sight of the fact that this started as something fun for the purpose and we keep that 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 mindset and and that's why we've lasted as long as we have doing this and why we're able to continue it is because it's it just we keep it fun so amen dude and you, by the way you're magical fucking trevor that's who you are so in case you didn't know but <laughs> <laughs> i i always have a higher opinion of other people than they have of themselves and i think it's because I don't know. I, I, the brilliance that you guys exhibit, the things that you do, I'm, I'm so fascinated and, and curious about people that can do things innately that I'm completely it, it, like incapable of, right? Like if you like Rihanna, my wife is a great example. My wife is an artist. She's incredible as an artist. And every, anytime I watch her paint my, I'm just like stunned because I am fucking retarded when it comes to drawing things, right? Like, like, if you ask me to draw a smiley face with two ears of equal size, it ain't happening. I can't do it for the life of me. You ask me to do anything musically, I can, I can listen to music and identify sounds and what sounds good. I have a really weird, innate ability to do that. But I don't know the first fucking thing about singing or, or writing music or playing an instrument. And I couldn't for the life of me. It's just not my thing. And so I think when I sit back and I look at all of you guys with your talents and your gifts, and so, so many of you guys are so self-deprecating almost to the point that it's like, hey, we got to break that shit because you're doing something that nobody else can do. Like you're doing, you go, well, I'm just a guy. I'm just this, you know, I, I get mega devil dog. Wow. I'm just a welder. It's like, dude, you're not just a welder. You're the fucking devil dog. Like you make, you're literally creating new beats for Leah, who is a, like this incredible singing talent. And you're like, you're making something. This is the part I want you guys to really understand. Just like you create and you're, you're making uh if you're, you're welding something and you're fixing it, dude, it's the same thing with you're creating music or art. You're, we're bringing, you're trying to bring back art to a country that has gotten all gray and lame. And that's why nothing is fun. And, and also I just want to point out the absolute like incredible timing of all of this. The, the rise of this meme team and the Donald Trump MAGA movement in 2023 coincides with a writer's strike in Hollywood to where there is no new content coming out from the establishment right now because they're all on strike. And while they're on strike, the best show on anything, any platform right now, entertainment-wise – is the dunk fest coming from Donald J. Trump. It's, it's the Donald Trump show. And we get to be a part of that. It feels really like a blessing, like just a total blessing. And I know we've gotten off track a little bit on what our subject matter was this week, but it feels like, you know, when we're talking about Georgia indictments or Miami indictments or Washington DC indictments or New York city indictments, I guess what I want to tell you guys is it's all fucking bullshit. This movie ends with Donald Trump getting sworn in as the president of the United States in an absolute like ass kicking of Joe Biden. That's how it ends. You can see the momentum building. The key to this whole game is staying buoyant, staying uh, educated on the subjects that you're discussing, continuing to be very, very uh, active in your community, getting more involved. You got to stop seeing yourselves. And this, I even say this to my memers. You got to stop seeing yourselves as less than what you are because you're, you're something way greater than that. It only takes a handful of you to go in and sign up for, uh, you know, your poll watching on, on election day to make an impact in a race, especially if you're in a swing state and one of these corrupt counties, it only takes eight or nine of you courageous people standing up to what is inevitably going to be another flawed and attempted rigged election. So, I just think that you guys got to see you see yourselves as something a little bit bigger than maybe what you have been. And, and I think you can do some really remarkable things. doesn't matter whether you're creating content digitally like we are or if you're hopping in your vehicle like the Dilly 300 did and driving out to Ohio, making repeated trips during that train, uh, you know, de derailment um, and, and, you know, giant uh, travesty out there in, in Ohio. They were, you know, normal people, normal everyday Americans were making an impact driving out there and bringing supplies and other things. And, and it had a profound effect on the community. So 
any of you guys can get involved uh, at any level. Uh, Mike, when you think about this movement, you think about this sort of full circle return and restoration of America, the culture of America, uh, prosperity of America, but also a, a faithful America. Um, you know, I, I didn't know that we would ever top my experience online and, and even in day to day life from 2016 to 2020. It really was like one of the most enjoyable experiences I've ever had. And I didn't think we could top it. And yet here we are. We're only eight months into this campaign, nine months, really. And it has been one of the most fun things I've ever done politically in my life. 100%, man. And the, and the thing is, bro, just like when we talk in the morning, it's it's what's going to happen today? We have no idea. Well, your kid thing happened. You're on with Roger Stone and uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like every day we're like, well, yesterday was pretty kick ass. What's going to happen today? And it just continues to unfold. And I, I, I want people to be encouraged that things are moving quickly. I think this um, restoration of America is legit and it's, it's powered by God and it's people um, throwing out everything they thought before and all the garbage and really focusing on God and country and their family. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And so I want everybody to be encouraged because they're continually trying to beat us down and depress us. But I, firsthand, bro, I, I'm walking every day, waking up going, hey, thank God I'm alive. What's going to happen today? And crazy things are happening. And so if the same thing's happening, I think, with a lot of other people. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to witness. And uh, we should be writing everything down, but we're not. Even better, we're recording it. There will be a recorded history of this. We'll turn the, this will become, this will become its own movie someday. And we've got all the receipts and the content and we've got the curator, you know, Lauren Eve, who, who keeps in uh, receipts on everybody and everything all the time. And uh, we'll, we'll, this will eventually, there'll be a story here and we'll tell that story and it'll be, it'll be one of the funniest and most enjoyable stories uh, we ever tell. Trev, I know you wake up every day with fire in your belly. You're ready to go to work grinding it kicking ass doing your thing um when you think about you know and this will kind of work starting to wrap up today's show but when you think about this moving past the primary and i know i know it gets a little redundant doing what we're doing right now even though there is brand new you know content every single day to have play with but when you start thinking about actually you know our big pivot and we've discussed this as a team we all understand what kind of what our mission is going to be and and, and you know kind of how we're going to do that but are you looking forward to that pivot, Trev, having a, a, a maybe a little bit deeper of a, uh, you know, not just shit postings, we will be doing that, but but just putting deeper meaning behind uh, the content and the branding for President Donald Trump? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I can, I can swing some of the, the, you know, the Duncan on DeSantis memes and stuff like that, but I'm not, I'm not as good at that part as I am with like, trying to like, you know, showing out the the good parts of Trump and sort of like the stuff on the left, but uh, there's definitely people far better at that than I <laughs> than I am. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to opportunity to do more like I like you know like the Trump man stuff. You know, I want to do more of that stuff and not necessarily have DeSantis in it. <laughs> Just yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to some of the content we get to create as part of you know the the the. Uh, okay, Trump's now in in the general. Let's let's push behind that 100. percent And uh, yeah, that that to me uh, right now at least is is a little more interesting because Meatball's like, I mean Meatball is Meatball, and uh, the other guys, the rest of them are a joke, um, and they don't have a chance. So I think like for me, I'm I'm ready to kind of like push on to that next next point. Now that the timing is important and, and, you know, we definitely need to like nail that down, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get into that phase of it. Well, and, and I know as content creators, you know, you, you've got the greatest gift, which is we already have the agenda 47 policy. We, we started to meme some of that, but we really haven't presented that yet. I mean, we've got this giant just catalog of phenomenal America first ideas that we get to bring to life over the next 14 months. It's taking those concepts, those ideas, his vision for America and starting to take it from being words, 
or or spoken word or written word and turning it into a visual depiction of what he's talking about. And I think that's that's where for me, uh, you know, as a as, as somebody who's kind of guiding and 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 trying to 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 you know corral everybody and kind of like get everybody focused, I think that's such an exciting thought because of the possibilities because we're not talking about devastation you know that's joe biden and we will have to show those videos we're gonna we're gonna juxtapose that against joe biden and what he's done to this country but the idea of getting to spend a lot of a large part of the next 14 months messaging hope with actual tangible legislation legislative ideas is really a cool i think that's a really cool thing so all right guys uh any final thoughts mike i'll start with you and i'll go to you trev yeah, just uh, heads up, Patriots. Great things are coming. Do not uh, be anxious about anything, man. Just keep your head down. And uh, it's just an amazing time to be alive. And I'm so fortunate to be here. So thank you for everybody for retweeting our stuff. MAGA, um, the 300 especially. Um, we are overjoyed when we see people laughing. and and Right, Trev? I mean, it's just so cool. And we love, we make ourselves laugh. I like trying to make Brendan and everybody, hey, check this out. Right. That's my joy. And uh, if it makes you laugh or inspires you just a little, then it's a it's a victory. So God bless you guys. And thank you. God bless America. All right. Thank you, Mike. That was well said. Trev, go ahead, man. Final thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the same thing. I mean, like I've said before, it's like we wouldn't be able to do what we do without you know, the group, you know, encouraging us and supporting us and stuff like that with, you know, with, you know, kind of your thoughts and retweeting and things like that. And I mean, again, it's it's the feedback from you guys is, is really kind of what drives us forward to do more things. It's like, so, you know, it's really, really appreciate that. And that's like a big, big part of why we do what we do. So I definitely appreciate that. All right, everybody. Yep. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. This has been a, Another edition of MAGA Weekly. I'm your host, author, Brendan Dilley. Those are my co-hosts, Miguelifornia and Magical Trevor. You can check them out on Twitter, at Meme TV or at Miguelifornia. But uh, otherwise, you guys be good. Have a safe rest of your week. And we'll be back next Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for another episode of MAGA Weekly. God bless you. God bless America. And God bless our president, Donald J. Trump. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody.